It's in the news today, but it was actually on TV Reload, the podcast, last week. Welcome back, guys, to TV Reload. As you may know, my name is Benjamin Norris, and this is your podcast to get all the inside goss on the popular TV shows you may be watching from around the world. Undeniably, our TV sets are a major part of our home entertainment, and yet very little is known about how our favourite shows get made. So each episode, I find guests that want to dive just that little bit deeper into the shows they're currently making so that you can hear all their exclusive stories and gain access to the biggest names in Australian television. I want to thank you for downloading or subscribing to this podcast however you found it. I love hearing your feedback, so make sure you leave a review or a comment on your chosen podcast platform. On today's podcast, I have special guest Alex Williams, the actor tasked with the intimidating honour of playing Shane Warne in the miniseries Warning. The two-part series Warning will air over two nights on Sunday the 25th of June at 7pm and Monday June 26th at 7.30pm obviously on Channel 9 and 9 Now. Warney looks back at the life and times of cricketing legend Shane Warne, and I will say this is not just for cricket fans. Williams is no stranger to portraying real-life personalities, with his credits including the role of Julian Assange in Underground and Perk Penningilly in Never Tear Us Apart, the untold story of In Excess. I should probably address that there has been a lot of controversial opinions in the media this week, and I did choose to not mention Simone or her children, as I just didn't think it was fair on them or really Alex. I will talk to Alex, though, about his decision to take on this iconic role, and if this miniseries is a little bit too soon. You will get a chance to hear how Alex created the essence of Shane Warne and how he would get into character. Alex will talk about his relationship with the sportsman and what he learned from playing this role. Plus, we will get plenty of exclusives from behind the scenes of Warning, including why audiences should give this series a go. Anyway, let's get Alex into the podcast. And guys, I really hope you enjoy this very interesting episode of TV Reload. Hey, Alex, how are you, buddy? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? I've watched the first two episodes, so I kind of feel like I'm talking to to Warning a little bit. Uh, <laughs> You've seen it all, man. You've seen it all. <laughs> you know, this series has been so widely anticipated. Are you excited for audiences to finally see it? Yeah, I'm really excited for people to see it. Sometimes the general fame of someone becomes sort of bigger than all the individual little things, but it's kind of cool to go back and, and see it and get a bit of nostalgia. Well, growing up, what was your relationship with Shane Warren? Test cricket for me was sort of... You know, the sound of summer, really. It, you know, we, we would just sort of have the cricket on in the background, like a lot of Australian families. And, you know, I, I sort of remember people kind of going, one of my brothers or my dad sort of yelling out every now and again, you know, Warnie's on. And then, then everyone would come in and watch those overs. And then when he went off, everyone else went off and did whatever they were doing again. So that's kind of my first memory of, of Shane Warne as a cricketer, primarily. Well, for me, it was more, I went to Doncaster High in Melbourne. And I remember there was yeah. three boys that had the, the haircut. And that was not an accident, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have the earring as well? Or was it just the, just the hair? One in particular. And I'm hoping that he's listening to this podcast because he will know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not yeah, talking about him, but he literally, it felt like he was coming to school in costume every day. <laughs> That's fantastic. All that. What did you, what did you learn about him that you didn't know before shooting this series? Uh, I, you know, I learned a lot, to be honest. I knew him as a cricketer and I, I know, you know, of some of the, you know, indiscretions that had gone on throughout his career, but it's more of the sort of the intricacies of how it went down with Cricket Australia and, and you know, more about the pills he took as well, the, the diet pills. And I, I kind of didn't know that much about those scandals. 
you know, I, I kind of had seen because it sort of got splashed all over newspapers and such that the stuff about the women and, and, and the family and stuff like that. But not not as much about kind of, you know, the year he took off. The funny thing is, as soon as I got down to Melbourne and, you know, people knew I was uh, was playing Shane, I, 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 you know, I heard about it. A hundred stories, you know, everyone in Melbourne seems to have a story, a Shane Warne story. So that was, it was pretty fun. Did you ever meet him in the flesh? Did you see a game? Like, what was the closest you ever got to an interaction? No, I, I didn't. No, I, I never met him. It's funny, isn't it? When you see someone all the time and hear them on commentary, you know, such a fantastic broadcaster. That person's transported into your living room. You kind of feel like you know them in a way, I think. Yeah. You know, you realise, yeah, no, never met him. Never even got close to meeting him, I don't think. Well, you mentioned something there, because, like, Warnie did get himself into a fair amount of trouble, you know, over the years. I mean, he still yeah. had the world's admiration all the time. Why do you think that he was so popular, even though he went through all of these scandals, the ups and downs? Do you think that maybe there's an underdog element that gave him mass appeal regardless? Yeah, I would say it's more uh, uh, like ownership, you know. He, he made mistakes, he made silly mistakes, but he... He owned them. He he didn't shirk responsibility of his actions. He didn't try and hide away from it. He he sort of came out and said, "Yep, I've done the wrong thing here. Sorry." And then kind of you know m- m- you know tried to move on from that, which you know is everyone in a way. You know everyone makes mistakes and you learn to apologize for them and try and become a better person. And I think that's you know that's what he spent his life doing. Did people ever say you know over your life? That you look like him? I think just because I had, you know, blonde hair, I had a mullet when I was a kid. I did, I did get a bit of that. Not, not heaps, but like enough that it was kind of like when, when the audition came up, I definitely circled it and went, "This is certainly achievable just on a, on a look." Did, I mean, to take someone on as iconic as Warney, did that feel like a lot of pressure? I mean, if someone said to me, "Can you play Warney?" I'd say no. And it would be, even if I look like him, I'd still say no, because I'd be just so worried about the relationship that audiences already have with him. You know, what was your initial response to taking on someone as iconic as Shane Warne? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I I love challenges. And especially, I didn't really get into acting to sort of shirk, <laughs> again, uh, you know, sort of challenges. You, you want to see how good you can be and you want to see if you can make something work. And also, um, so there was that, but also, you know, you kind of think, given his competitive spirit, there's no way he would have turned it down. You know what I mean? Like, it, it sort of had that, I had sort of that feeling about it, uh, sort of a rise to the challenge kind of feeling. And and I also kind of, you know, I, I looked around and went, you know, if it's not me, it's, you know, it'll, it'll be it'll be someone else. And I genuinely thought that I was the, the best person for the role. I thought I knew as much as anyone, if not more than my contemporaries. And I just kind of thought, Hey, look, if it's not me, it's going to be someone else. And I'd rather it was, I'd rather it was me taking on the responsibility because I didn't take it lightly, you know, like he meant a lot to me growing up. Um, and I wanted, the, I wanted the show to be good and, and a celebration of him. So just kind of took it on. How closely did you want to take this characterization? There must have been conversations of, oh, you know, is this going to feel like an impersonation or, you know, what, what were those conversations like? You're not there to do a caricature. You're, you're there to create a, a three-dimensional person who has a moral compass and, and you know, makes mistakes and gets better and or, or doesn't or keeps making mistakes. So whatever it is, you're, you're there to sort of create not just a few idiosyncrasies and a mullet. You're there to show a picture of, you know, a, a full human being. And look, I think there's some scenes in the show that, that really highlight that. Working with someone like Marnie Kennedy was an absolute delight. 
she she brought a lot to the show and and was fantastic. So you don't take it lightly, but it, it was a good experience. What about some of these techniques? Because you hear about some very famous people like Nicole Kidman when she would put on the nose when she was Virginia Woolf. That helped her get into character. Did you use any kind of techniques to to all of a sudden become him when they said action? I mean, I, I use sort of phrases and lines to get into the voice and the energy of the character and 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 physical kind of, you know, resets to get more in, in his sort of gait than mine. But a lot of that work is your prep, you know, like I've put on sort of seven or eight kilos just to sort of feel stronger and, 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 and heavier throughout the trunk. And, you know, just sort of look a bit more like him. And, and, and so I worked a lot with costume as well to sort of make sure that, you know, in the periods that he, he was a bit bigger and that was part of the plot, I looked a bit bigger and, and we accentuated certain things and took things away. And, and then when he's skinnier and slimmer and tanned and all that kind of stuff that we sort of did that. And then you just got to let your performance and all the work you've done settle in and just be in the moment. I just kept thinking the whole time through watching. I watched it all in one go. So I watched episode one and two. Oh, yeah. Very lucky. Very lucky to do it that way. But I was going to say, I just was like, I can't wait to talk to Alex about how good you were at cricket yourself. You know, how, how did you try and practice the spin? Did you get real cricketers to come in and, and try and get that authenticity? Yeah. How did you think it looked? I mean, you you probably can pick this up from me, but I'm I'm a fairly camp man and I don't watch a lot of sport. So I'm just going to tell you right now that I don't know cricket that well. But for me, it seemed pretty good. That's good. Well, I think if you're if you're a cricketing savant, you'd pick up maybe a few things that I was doing wrong. But I worked really hard on that because you know whenever I I'm, I'm a big sports fan and whenever I watch TV or films about you know sport and you see someone that's you know just nowhere near it. It can take you out of the world. You kind of lose that suspension of disbelief and it just bothers you. It nags you. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it, you know, obviously exactly like Shane because otherwise I'd be playing in the ashes coming up. But (laughs) I I worked really hard on that and it was really important to me and I made that very clear to production that I wanted, um, you know, people to train me. I wanted professionals to train me. So I had... um, Steve O'Keefe helped me up in Sydney. And then once I got down to Melbourne, I had Bryce McGain, who, who had trained with Shane and, and TJ for a long time. And um, uh, he was an invaluable resource. Like he just, he was fantastic. Not only with the cricket stuff, he really got me bowling well and on target, but the mentality that, that Shane would bring to the field, you know, which is quite aggressive, let's yeah. say. Yeah. So it's just those little stories and that, that feeling, you know, it's one thing to get that trigger action happening and it coming out of the back of your hand in the right way. And, you know, it's this wrist position for this ball and this for this ball. And But then to also have that thing of going, yeah, at the top of his mark, he would just stare down the batsman, you know. It's these sort of little things that really peppered the performance with what I thought was some authenticity. The one thing I feel like you're going to get asked a lot about making this particular show is, do you think it's too soon? I think that's what most people seem to be talking about because this went into production sort of six months after he passed away. How is all of that landing with you? Yeah, look, when when I first read the script that Matt Ford had been writing for seven years, it's pretty clear to me that it's a it's a celebration. It was clear to me at the time that it was a celebration of 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 the man and that's something that i wanted to celebrate so i i understand the sensitivities around it but you know different people process you know things at, at different rates and at different times so I, I understand if people you know don't want to watch for that for that reason 
Well, it'll be interesting because I think it is going to rate. I think people will tune in to see it because he is a part of our history. You know, we started off this conversation about talking about how iconic he is and you even mentioned learning along the way. What about audiences, though? Do you think audiences watching this is going to walk away learning new things about it worth them tuning in to watch the show? Oh, 100%. As much as, you know, people will think that they know everything about him, they don't. <laughs> and they will learn something, you know, the, the longer they tune in for. So, you know, I, I look forward to that. It might bring up a few uncomfortable things, but that's 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 life. That's drama. It would be it would be foolish to 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 change history as far as going. Oh well, no, nah, he didn't do it, and just make it a really clean doco. Um, he was very open about what he you know the mistakes he made, and and he owned them. So I, I feel like it's a fair representation. Well, the success of this series for me was that I really enjoyed the highs. I, I really enjoyed those moments where he was picked to be on the team. And, you know, it must have been kind of phenomenal in a weird way to vicariously live through this man and recreate those moments. How was that feeling where you are having to act and live through some of those really important highs that he had in his career? It's kind of a fun experience. I mean, like that first scene is one of my kind of favourite scenes when he... um. Hey. When 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 he gets picked for this for the squad in the first time, and he sort of tells his family that you know he's going, and then he just screams, "Dad!" You know, because obviously that's you know, his dad. I had tears in my eyes. I mean, I, these. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, because I just had that thing of going like, "Oh, someone's missing," you know, and 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 just screaming, "Dad!" Sprinting out, especially after the rejection of St Kilda. You know, he, he thought his dream was. Of, of being a professional sportsman was over, you know, and his true love for, for AFL was over. And then, you know, that feeling of like getting off the team bus and everyone wanting your signature and yelling, you know, warning, warning. I mean, that's something that I will probably almost definitely never experience. <laughs> so, um, at the same time, though, recreating those moments, there must have been some satisfaction in that as well, just to even get as close to what it must have felt like to be him in some of those moments, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was... um. You know, it makes it easier uh, as a, as a performer when when it when it is built like that, and you're just responding quite you know naturally uh, at the time. And the thing is, you know, there, there's a famous quote about him. I can't remember exactly. I'll probably butcher it. But Shane took to fame like a duck to water. You know, like it, it, some people find it very difficult being famous and and notoriety. I don't think that's that was his initial reaction to it. I want to know when you're watching this when it goes to air. Will you be dressed as him at home, watching it with your friends and family? How are you planning on watching this show? I don't know yet. Is is the truth? My family all live in Perth, so it won't it won't be with them. Um, look, I, I might have a couple of mates over and and crack a few tins and 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 watch it. We'll, we'll we'll have to see. I remember a friend of mine was playing someone. I don't want to say his name because he'll hate this, but I was so nervous about recreating this person that he went for a very long run. So he was running the whole time it was playing on television just because social media can be so brutal that he just didn't want to be on social media to see any kind of response. And the reason why I'm not mentioning him is because, you know, the response to him was a little bit sort of up and down. And, that, and he knew that, you know, he knew that going into it that you can't, you know, win everyone over. It's an interesting thing. Like, I, you know, when I did the Assange a, a long time ago, it, it, it sort of it felt like that. And I, you know, had some friends over and I was on Twitter and excited. And, um, you know, th- th- you're right, though. Like, this this probably won't 
you know, it's a pol- it's going to be a polarizing show potentially. So yeah, probably won't be sitting on Twitter. I'll tell you that much for free. Stay away from also. I say this all the time. I think it's a good quote from Sandra Bullock: "Never read the comments section." Ever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, exactly. before you go, the last question I want to ask you is the same question I ask everyone who joins the pod, and that is, what is something from behind the scenes, something that we won't see on the show, but kind of like a bit of a, you know, behind the scenes secret for you while you're making warning? One weekend, because we'd shot for two weeks, um, and I, you know, you, you're doing these massive days, and because basically in every scene. And I just really didn't have any time to practice cricket. And I knew that I had some massive, you know, actual crack cricketing days coming up. So I asked Bryce if I could go and, you know, do a net session with him. And he was like, yeah, mate, just pop down to the MCG. And I was like, okay. So I went and trained with him at the MCG after he was commentating the Shield cricket. And I was sort of leaving afterwards, you know, in the nets that, that he trained with, with, with Shane and TJ, in, um, which is a really special moment. And then I was sort of leaving and... Um, and there was this, yeah, there was this lovely couple who were clearly on, you know, on a holiday and, and were, you know, the MCG when it's quiet, there's no one around, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon, there's no one around except this this couple, young couple, and they were in front of the statue of Shane Warne and she was taking a photo of him and I sort of was walking past them and, you know, wearing a hat and stuff, but, you know, it was like, do you guys want me to take a photo of the two of you? you know, in front of the statue. So I just stood there and took a photo of, of this young couple, you know, who clearly loved Shane Warne in front of his statue. And I just felt like it was a really nice moment. Did they know? Did they know that it was you? Did no, absolutely. had no idea. No, why would they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that this podcast gets out to a wider audience so that those people work it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, maybe. I just want to say thank you so much for your generosity with talking about this. And I hope people absorb it. And for those people that don't, you know, you can't win them all. Thanks, mate. I appreciate I appreciate you watching the whole thing and and uh, and, and, and saying such nice things. Enjoy chatting to the media about this, you know, and and enjoy this experience. I think it's a fan, it's you know it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to play a role. So you know it's a yeah. fun time for you. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it.